Blessed one, welcome to Inspiring Word, a life-transforming encounter with the Word of God with Bishop Steve Asari. Bishop Steve Asari is the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, the Way Cathedral. Lighthouse Chapel International is part of the United Denomination, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Steve has a unique teaching gift and ministers powerfully under the anointing. Join us now on Inspiring Word with Bishop Steve O. Asari. Bishop Steve's church then was in a little room, a little hall. Maybe divide this place into uh, 50 or 60 or 100 small hall. And when I entered the hall, I said, there is something here. There is something here. After service, I was running away as usual. I was a first service lover. He called me, spoke to me. And I'm a living witness of what this man is, who he is. I'm a living witness. Ladies and gentlemen, for these few days, you're about to be transformed. Your life is about to be changed. Expect nothing but God's word coming to you unadulterated. Bishop Steve is unassuming. He's a prophet. He's an apostle. He's a teacher. He's an evangelist. I don't know everything because he's an embodiment of God's presence. Yeah. Bishop Steve is an epitome of wisdom. When you speak with him, the wisdom that exudes from him, it's mind-blowing. By their fruits, ye shall know them. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want to bore you, waste too much time. Rise to your feet. Help me welcome Bishop Steve. Oh, Asari. Give the Lord a son of praise. Hallelujah. Yeah, welcome to Art of Ministry Conference wow, wow, 20, wow, wow. 22. And I want to say a big welcome to the men of God who mm. are here, generals wow. and founders of churches wow. who have come all the way what a blessing. for wow. this conference. Wow. It's wow. an honor, honor Lord. to have you here. Too nice. And we had this conference some years back in 2017. And as I looked back, I said to myself that we had it because it was nice to have a conference. <laughs> and after that, actually I was asking myself, why, why hasn't it been happening? Then I remember that 2018, I was here trying to build this place up. So I wasn't thinking about any other thing. <laughs> and then what happened in 2019? Maybe I was trying to establish myself wow. in this place. Then what happened in 2020? You all know Peace. the trouble you brought into the world, <laughs> which went on to 2021. Wow. But we are having a conference this time. Peace. Not... Not just because it's nice to have a conference, but I believe God wants to do something wow. with this conference and with yes. the people yes. who relate and associate with it. Yes. yes. Wow. Please sit down. Mm. So, the first one was nice to have, but now I feel in my spirit 
that it is very important and it must be done for the good of many of us. Yeah. So I want to welcome you again and believe God that God is doing something about your life and your ministry in this few hours to Saturday that will be here. Amen. Um, Bishop Eddie will be with us tomorrow. Yes. By the grace of God. And he will be speaking on other very important things. But today, I'm with you. Father, thank you for this great opportunity. Let this be the moment, the time, the season of transformation in lives and ministries. What somebody has not dreamt about in Jesus, their ministry, Jesus. let it now be birthed Amen. in their spirit and let it come forth Professor, in the name of Jesus. Professor. What we phantomized Professor. and only could dream about, dream about and imagine in the imagine. distant land, yes. let it be a reality in Professor. our life Professor. and in our ministries whilst we are Lord. here. Not by might, not by might, and not by power, not by power, but by your spirit, by your oh God. Spirit, Lord. Let there be revelations, revelations, oh God, and let there be directions, directions, oh God, and let somebody receive Rapolia. the specific word and the specific direction, specific direction that will take them to another oh, yes. level in their lives. Oh yes, thank you, thank you, Lord, for many graces, many graces, and for your love and wow. your mercy towards mercy, us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Please be seated. So, I've, why this conference? Like I was saying, I believe that God is going to help us through this conference and subsequent ones that will come up by the grace of God. Um... I don't have any new personal revelation I got yesterday. But I've been in this church for um, 1991 means what? How many years? 31 years, which is a generation. Yes. And I've been working with the anointed man of God, the man that God has called for our generation and for the world, the whole world at this time, Bishop Dagwood Mills, who is in Cameroon. Yes. The crusade is on at the moment, if they have not finished. He's a man that God has given for the world. And 
yes, we can claim him in the UD, but only to a point. Yes, because as I'm speaking now, he's ministering to people in Cameroon. He has left us and he's gone. And after that, there are other things that are also coming up. And you see God's anointing on him because he's one that started from nothing, from nowhere. This morning's uh, pastor's conference, I was listening and he was talking about um, how his church was in a little classroom with 25 people. Yes, he mentioned the number 25. I wasn't there. My wife was there. My wife is an original pioneer member or a senior to me. Mm-hmm. Only that me and a pastor. So she has to listen to me. It's not by seniority. <laughs> and God has used him to build what he has built and to do what he's doing. So the point I'm making is that if I've been working with this anointing for 31 years, yes, and it is not like I came in later. I came in the day I decided to join the church from day one. I remember there was this person, he's no more in the church, who took me to him. Well, I knew him before, but not in that close day. So oh, this is my friend, Brother Steve. He can do this, he can do this, he can mention certain things. So no, he held my hand like this and said, let's go. So you hear him talk about the first accountant of the church. Yes, that's me. So took me in and of course we're doing administrative things and, and so on. And then I didn't know that whether I was a pastor I was a Christian. I mean, evangelism, pray for the sake, do anything I'll do. But pastor, I don't know. I've never thought about being a pastor. And at that time, it was quite strange to be a pastor or to say that you are a pastor. The pastor I know is my presby pastor. They go to Trinity College for some years. And at that time, I wasn't ready with all the things I was doing to leave what I was doing and go to Trinity College because pastor was strange. I don't know why you are standing. Please sit down. So, I mean, Bishop will say, Steve, you, 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 you have to be a pastor. No, 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 no. That subject didn't agree with me. So when it brings it up, I try to wiggle my way out a little so that they, 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 they will add pastor to my name. I cannot. No, it was very strange. Now it's not like that. Now when we even appoint pastors in the church, some people get angry that we didn't appoint them. Although they are not qualified to be appointed. They are angry that, why wasn't I appointed? Yes. They chase titles. But we were afraid of titles at the time. Is it so? From that time, I've been working with him. I mean, personally, at that time, until some years after um, he sent 
me to Achimota to come and start a church in the place. And like I was saying, I was more of an administrative person. Maybe because of my background, I, f- I felt comfortable in the office. And he said, okay, so go to Achimota and let's see whether you are a pastor or you, what you are is the, to be an accountant and be an administrative person. I remember the words. Let's see what is there. So I left and came, and I didn't know what was going to happen in the place. No idea. Then I had been appointed a pastor successfully in the church, in spite of my protests. So came, start, started working, and then um, in the place that Bishop Ken was describing, people started coming to the church. I remember I asked one of my friends, why are people coming? Why are they coming to the church? Because I couldn't understand why they were coming. Recently, I was saying, I want to listen to whatever I used to preach in those days. I don't know what I was saying. And it's true because one of our pastors, Reverend Sedu, when he first came to the church, later he confessed. He said when he got there, cars were packed. And then he got into the place full. And when it was time to preach, I got up to pray and he looked at me. And the question he asked is, this guy, what does he have that all these people have come to this place? That was his question. Today he's a reverend in the church. Yes, he's not here now. Yes. So that also... When he said that, it also confirmed my own feeling about myself that what am I doing and why are people coming? But by the grace of God, we've been around, we have traveled the journeys, and we have come into this place, the Way Cathedral. Yes. Which is... This place is is not on the way to any place. That's why it's called the way. <laughs> you can't say that you were on your way somewhere and you passed by the church. One day somebody said, that, oh, I passed by. I said, how did you pass by? Where were you going? You don't pass by this place or any other place. It's the way. That is the way. When you come, you have come. The way to the place is the way. Yes. And you can see the road also. How the... Assembly before are helping us to do the road. So, by the grace of God, having followed Bishop Dagwood Mills for 31 years, and by the grace of God, also having something to show in terms of the result of my following, I find it necessary to have this conference and continue having it because... There is something I can also impact. And by sharing together, we can move somewhere. Say amen, somebody. Yeah. By sharing together. So the strength and the, uh, the, 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 the zeal for the conference is that there are people, at least churches, the senior, my senior brothers are here, 
and there are many other churches around. We can gather people and then just go through the things that make ministry work. Yeah. I was just um, saying with Reverend, I was saying that now um, Give Thyself Holy Conference is coming on. How I came to be anointed conference is at the end of the month and we are all attending that conference. But I was also telling him that now in the conference, you see, uh, the prophet is ministering at a certain level. So it's almost like uh, some people have been left behind <laughs> because the conference now, like I said, it's in levels. It's not about how to start church and how to raise shepherds and um, what's it? Even how to plant churches, do branches and things. If you watch the conference, it's, at, it's somewhere. Have you seen it? It's somewhere. So the nitty gritties of the thing and the rudiments of the ministry, you find that that doesn't come in strongly in this, in the conference now. It's raising pastors to some level. So then those of us who are also coming up and are trying to do things, let's go back to the rudiments of ministry and try to Refresh ourselves with the things that need to be done just so that we will not forget. And I believe God is taking somebody's frustration away because God is showing you a way that you can go and how you can get this ministry to lift off the ground and now begin to flourish. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? That's the reason why we are here. Yes. Ministry can be very frustrating. Yes, very, very. And ministry can also be enjoyable. What I say to our young pastors, especially those, of, those who have been in our Bible school and they are full-time in the ministry, is that, look, you have a lot of other things you could have done. You could have been a banker. You could have been a teacher. You could have joined the army. You could have been a policeman. You could have been a organizer, a carpenter, anything. But you have decided to be in the ministry. So if this is your choice and your decision, then it, you must do well in it. And it wouldn't be that you chose something only to go and fail in it. It can't be because that's your life. There's nothing else. I, I don't have a shop. I don't have um, cars that are running. My life is the ministry. So the ministry that I've chosen, which is what my life is based on, the reason for my existence on this earth, it cannot be that all that I experience in that life is frustration. Should it be so? No, 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 no. It cannot be so. 
it can be. So God will help us to rise up and do well and break through and press through until what he wants for our lives will come to pass and it will be established. Yes, and it will be established also. God will do it for us. Say a big amen. If you chose ministry, you chose a good thing. If God called you into ministry, he called you so that you'll be prosperous in the ministry. You'll do well over there. It is also very important at this time because everything in the world is struggling now. And churches or ministries are not spared. Now, we are not spared at all. So in the world, we had COVID-19 and then as we were trying to recover from it. Then somebody called Russia also gets up and attacks another sovereign nation, which has had a spillover effect on, you know, a, a world economy that was already fragile. So I know in Ghana we are doing uh, what demonstration is that? Chromayashi demonstration. But the real point is that No, no, that's the thing. That's the whole thing. Look, please, I'm not political. I'm not saying they shouldn't do the... I'm not part of it. I've never been there. I've not thought of being there. But the, the thing we should understand is that the people we look up to to help us, maybe like UK. Look, it's not easy there. They tell you, uh, this thing, we used to buy it like this, now it's like that. This is like that. Uh, fuel has gone up say, twice or say, three times. I'm saying it because I visited there recently and me, I don't live there, so as they are saying their things, it's their own problems. But I can see that it is the same problem we have here. Where you drive out, you see fuel price on the board. The following day, when you go, it has changed. The following day, it has changed. And it's the same thing happening in places. So it's hard. And the church has not been spared. Because the uh, COVID-19 came, it struck our churches, affected our churches. Then... President Kerr said that now you can have church. We have been trying to, many churches have been trying to like build up again and come back to the place again. Then this economic things also come up. I don't know how it affects you, but whether you like it or not, you are operating in an environment and the things in the environment, it will also affect you. And it brings more frustrations. Even people to attend church, hey, it's not easy. And people to give. <laughs> I, was, I was with my friends, Bishop Ntefo uh, and Bishop Sam. As we were walking and I said, this time it looks like the offering in the church is not the way it used to be. 
Then Bishop Temple said, ah. Then Bishop Sam started laughing. Quack, 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 quack. I said, why? Why are you? You are happy that some of us have a few problems or so. He said he thought he was the only person. So. <laughs> so I thought I was the only one. As you people are talking about it, I'm very happy that I'm not alone. <laughs> It's a demonstration. I say, "Yeah, I've covered it." So, this conference, I'll be speaking very much on church growth and things related to church growth. Things related to church growth. Bishop Eddie will also be taking us in some other area. Now, to start with, God expects your church to grow and God expects you to have a big church. Yes. It's God's expectation. It's God's expectation that whatever you started it will grow and it will do well. So on I believe on Saturday we would be looking more at how to grow church by um, what we traditionally call cell groups. Yes, cell groups, whatever name it is called. But that one, by the grace of God, Saturday. I believe God will give us the grace to be here so that we would spend our time on that. Saturday is half day. Nobody is going to work, so everybody should come, and then we'll finish up with that. Now, are you still around? If we look at the church, the New Testament church, Jesus came, he preached around, he had members, he lost his members. You remember in John chapter 6, his church members left him. And he was left with his pastors. And he said, are you also going away? And they, 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 they said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have heard it and we have believed. Because his members left at that time. Because he had said that, Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you don't belong to me. Which kind of pastor is this? And they couldn't hold it. But they, were, they, they knew about bread because the day before, he had multiplied bread for them to eat. So they knew how to eat bread. Now, instead of bread, they say we should eat your body. They couldn't stand it. And they left. And then he had the multitudes who would come and go. But at the time Jesus left, then we saw exactly what the state of the church was. And it's in Acts chapter 1 verse 14. That is the church which was there by the time Jesus left. And you remember also the instructions that he had given to them. He said, don't move out of Jerusalem but stay in Jerusalem until you are endued with power 
from on high. Although he had given them the great commission at the job they were to do in his absence. So in Acts 1, 4, it said, this all continued with one accord in prayer, supplication, and the women, Mary and mother of Jesus and with his brethren. And then in verse 15, he said, verse 15, please. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, now in parenthesis, that is what I'm looking at. The number of names together were about 120 people. I almost said 1,000. 120. So this is the church that existed, which was there at the time Jesus finished his work and he left. 120 people were together. They were praying. They were waiting. He said they should wait there for the Holy Spirit to come. So that is the job they were doing in the place. 120. With the apostles and everybody. Then when you continue reading, you see um, um, Peter standing up and talking. And then they um, voted for um, somebody to replace uh, Judas Iscariot. So that the whole thing would move on. Now... The number of names, I'm not there yet, but one of the things you must do as a church is that you must have names. Yes, you have to have names. It didn't just say number. And then the number, the names that were there. So you need to have names. That means register the people, have their names, know, know who they are, where they come from, and relate with them as names, not as numbers. Now, in, we move on to Acts chapter 2, and from verse 1, it tells us about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Now, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place. That is where we have just come from in Acts 1, 14, 15, praying in the place. And then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and sat upon each of them. And verse 4 is the first. He said that, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them Utterance. So what Jesus promised that they should wait for, this is the time that the Holy Spirit said, wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Now the Holy Spirit has come, and now is the time for the church to begin. If Jesus told that if there's no Holy Spirit, if there's no anointing, don't try to do any church. Sometimes when you talk about the rudiments of ministry, that's what I call them, the do's, the don'ts, the instructions, the things that must be done. Sometimes it almost sounds like there are steps to be followed. And when you follow these things, you get this result. It is true. But what drives all these steps is also the Holy Spirit, the anointing. So if you have all the steps and everything and there's no anointing, brother, forget about it. <laughs> So this is why people say that, look, 
the, the things don't work. The principles don't work. I've been to conferences. They have said, oh, they just say something to make us happy. No, they, it works in the environment of the anointing of the spirit of God. So everything that will bring results to your church, it must have the presence of the spirit. Now, look at verse 5. Just read a few verses. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And I'm zeroing on noised abroad. What was happening over then have been noised. That means Somebody has made noise about the arrival of the Holy Ghost in town. And you, I'll ask you, who is that person? It must be the Holy Spirit making noise. I don't think that when they got the Spirit and they got anointed and they were speaking in town, then they ran to town and told them that, hey, everybody come. And if you were a spectator at the place, the, the spectacle was said that you would not want to leave the scene to even go and call somebody. But there was noise that was made. When the anointing is in the church and when the Holy Ghost is in church, noise is made abroad from this conference anointing will be in your church and the noise of the presence will go out of the church and be made outside and people will run from where they are and they will come into the church oh yes that's why the bible says that it's not by might that is why my own pastor when he saw me his question was this guy what does he have I don't have anything. <laughs> now, people heard about what was going on. They came and said they could hear them. They're speaking this language. They're speaking that language. They're speaking that language. And let us also know there are people who um, challenge things that they don't understand. Like if you are speaking in tongues, somebody must understand what you are saying. This is the only place in scriptures that somebody speaks tongues and it is other people's language. And God used it to minister to the people. So although they were speaking in tongues, it's more like they were, they were preaching. Yes. But the other one, he said that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. No man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. No man understandeth him. And I'm also saying this thing because it's not only pastors who are here. They are also church leaders. And sometimes we get confused a little. When you go and somebody asks you the question, then you are not sure what it is. There's no man. So if you are speaking in tongues, they say, if you are speaking in tongues, the one in, if you are speaking, somebody should understand. He doesn't know the word. No man understands. No man. Yes. This one is for a purpose. So Peter stood up, completely anointed, different person. I love to read all that he said in the place because the sayings, what was coming from the person has nothing to do with the Peter who said that this Jesus 
I don't know him. Is that not what he said? Yes. But the same person now stands up and speaks and faces the people. This Jesus whom you crucified. You wicked people. Now he's not afraid of them anymore. Why? Because there's an anointing. There's a flow. There's a spirit. So whatever you learn, it must be powered by the anointing, by the presence of the spirit. And that is what will make a difference in your church and in your life. Now, let's move forward with it. So after all of Peter's speeches and everything in Acts chapter 2, jump all the way to verse 41, to verse 41 for me. After all the speeches and everything, he said, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Original church, 120. But now we are seeing 3,000. Why am I saying what I'm saying? I'm saying what I'm saying so that your mind and your heart will agree to the fact that God wants you to become large and expand. Because there are people who say that um, small so that everybody knows everybody. <laughs> and then we flow together. I don't see that in the Bible. I haven't seen that in the Bible. What I've seen in the Bible is what I'm reading. Yes, and I can add more to it. Uh, how do they say it? Yes, I'm from Kolegon, so I know some guy. So God, in one day, after one crusade, 3,000, pam, is added to the church. Is it not God? So what is God looking for? Is he not looking for numbers, souls, people? Oh, yes. So when I look at this, I said, no. God, he said one to... 120, a church of 120. Is that Kenya bad? Yes. Many churches are less than 120. Many churches are less than 120. 3,000. I tell you. And that's not all of it. Go to chapter 4. The church has now started and it's moving. Church is growing. Church is working. Church is moving on. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them and being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead and they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day for it was now even tide. They are arresting the pastors now. How be it? How be it? Many of them which had the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. Only men. Now they have stopped counting women. 
you know the names in uh, Acts 1, 14, 15. They were, the women too wrote their names. So they mentioned Mary and this thing. Now it's only men. I don't know how many women. Like if you look at Jesus feeding 5,000 men. Usually when there's a crowd moving like that, and especially if there's food involved, Women and children, plenty. And the women, if their children are not there, they will count their children and get a portion for each of them. The men, they will eat what is okay and they will go home. So if it's feeding 5,000, you can just use your multiplier effect to see what number it was. So 5,000 men by Acts chapter 4. I'm showing you that God wants your church to grow, to increase, to expand, and to become a large church. If you don't believe in anything at all, just remember that this is the will of God for your church. And for every church, there's the will of God. Then, that's not the end of it. In chapter 5, we are still in the early church. How did the early church progress? In chapter 5, verse number 14, eh? and the believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women. Multitudes. What does it mean? Now we can't even write their names and we cannot count them. Large crowds are coming in and they are following. God is changing and lifting your church to multitudes. And you have to believe. You, you need to believe. Because everything is by faith. You believe, you do, you see. Yes. Multitudes. Now we are talking about multitudes. And Look at chapter 6. Read from verse 1. The progression of the church in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied. God is multiplying your numbers in your church. Multiplying numbers. How we are craving for an addition of 10 people. But God will multiply. Amen. I said amen. 10 times 10 is not the same as 10 plus 10. Yes. When you get addition of 10 people, it's never the same as getting a multiplication of 10 by 10 or even 10 by 5, even 10 by 3. Ash. But God is multiplying it. And there arose memories of the Hebrews and are concerning the ministration. So now they multiplied membership. Multiplied membership. Until... Um, is this chapter 6? Yes, then the trouble started from this place to chapter 7 when um, Stephen had been killed and the whole church was now driven out of Jerusalem. It's like it's been accomplished in Jerusalem. So it is time to move them out of Jerusalem to Ghana and to this place so that 
we would also experience the things that they experienced there and what happened there will also have the same kind of experience yes that's what god is doing so please the point i'm making is that don't be comfortable with something small don't it's wrong you must be worried you must be disturbed you must be worrying god you must not be comfortable one of the problems i have with some of our pastors you know when you go out um, those who go to the bible school and they go and start ministry towards full time is you go there you do the church the church should work and then you live on the church that means the church you are pastoring should be able to pay you we don't fly money from somewhere to come and pay you then you are lazy over there but the sad thing i saw years back is that when they go and they start and the thing seems to be working and now they have some quite some number in the church and enough money to pay them salary and uh, pay their rent and live then they relax as if all the church you are doing is to look after yourself that's the reason why you are in ministry then relaxation sets in and it's like now i don't have a problem i'm okay you are not okay who said that the church growth or a church that has grown means a church that has money to pay small money that they, you are, they are paying you or you are paying yourself that you are still poor even it's not like you have become very rich so ladies and gentlemen god wants us to force and to follow the pattern of the bible that he starts in a small way that though thy beginning was small thy latter end should greatly increase everything that god starts it starts in a small way but there is always a latter end that comes up with great increase it comes up big and if it's not big there's a problem yes if it starts small and it remains small, Jesus was born in a manger. He didn't re- remain in the manger. We didn't even see that he went back to visit the place where he, he, he was born to see whether the manger was still there or not. That's for his birth. But after that, he came up as a man of God preaching in town, doing miracles, people following multitude miracles here and there. So our, your beginning definitely will be small. But your latter end is a different thing. So let's look at this pattern. Which is the pattern in the Bible. And God likes numbers. Joseph went to Egypt. And then after that, when all the issues happened, his father and his family and all the people, and they numbered the people. How many were they? Seventy souls went into the place. And there's also the reason why God will put number. Yes. After 430 years, when they were moving from the place, they were in millions. 
Some people say six million. Some say two million or whatever it is. It was a great number of people. A whole nation was traveling and moving. He didn't say that when the thing was given to me, it was 70 and I've kept the 70 and none is lost. <laughs> so whether you are a church leader, you are a founder, you are a pastor or whatever, it must be in your heart and it must be in your mind that God expects what you are doing to grow and to flourish and to move forward because that is what we see done in the Bible. But this time, then Saul came up killing people and so on and the people ran away and went everywhere, you know, preaching in different places and that was the spread of the gospel. But before it went out, so much had been done in the place where they, they were. May God help your ministry to grow up in the place where the center is. That's your headquarters. And then people moving out and doing branches in different places. And all together, when you look at what God sent you to do and what you have done, at least to have a little comfort, you will never be comforted. There's no point in ministry that you are saying, oh, this time what I've done is okay. The day you are okay, that's the day you will die. Yes, because there's nothing more for you to do. But God has a lot more for you to do. You can never be okay in what you do. Clap for Jesus, somebody. So, let me open this book. It's called Church Growth. It is possible. I'm sure you have seen this book somewhere by all means. So, like I said, I didn't get any new revelation. So, this is where I am. Now, the very first chapter of this book sets me ablaze. There are many chapters, sessions and chapters that teach you what to do. Many things that you have to do and all the books are available. You see here, there's the Macario City Library. This one is part of it. Model Marriage is there. And um, how you can preserve it. Many good general, powerful books that will help. So you can get a Macarius, you can also get the single books. I'm sure they are out somewhere there. And um, people, let also give ourselves to reading. Until Paul said that until I come, give attendance to reading. Yes, because reading is important for a minister. Even something you have read already, there's a book, Final Quest. How many years is it now from Kolegono that um, um, the prophet found the book? And he too, what he does, once he gets anything, everybody must have. Yes. In fact, it even became a requirement to have that book. I think at a certain point, for even you were writing exams on it. Somebody's book, yes. <laughs> then people would stand there and say, yeah, in Lighthouse, it is only the founder's book you have to read. You don't have to read any other books. You see, if you don't know, you talk like that. But I also like to read the founder's books because that one, I don't struggle to understand anything. Yes. 
I don't struggle at all. It's easy to eat. I mean, everybody is used to their mother's food. Yes. Even when you are old. I mean, I shouldn't say this whilst my wife is here. But when my, my mother was there, when we are traveling home, maybe for funeral or something, we will tell her that we are coming. So make this food. I don't want to say what it is because... Normally, the color is black. <laughs> make it this one, the way you used to make it for us. Make some, because we are very comfortable with that one. So I'm very, very, very comfortable when I take my father's book and I read. I don't have any problem. I don't struggle. I don't try to end... Also, look, there are so many things. I've not been able to read all of them. Yes. So, this, I was talking about final quest. This is like, should be how many years? Bishop Robert, do you remember? 2002. About 2000, which is like 20 years now. Until today. And it is not like he's talking about something he read then. He will come and say, uh, yesterday I was reading the final quest. I said, ah, this man, so this book, it doesn't get finished for him. Eh? Yesterday I was reading final quest. Uh, last, I was reading final quest. He has read the book and read because every time you go, there's something new in the place. So there's no point at which you say that, oh, this one I've read, I know. No, 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 no. Then even the Bible will put it aside. Because there are some people who say they have read the Bible front and back six times or five times. You know everything. <laughs> so the, the very first chapter of this book, it does something to me. And I just want to read it for you. Are you ready? Yes, very good. The title of that chapter, powerful chapter, is... Um, um, church growth and a burning desire. Yes. Yes, that chapter, no. I was reading it recently in our camp meeting. Proverbs 29, 18 is the main scripture for it. If there's time, I'll do one more thing and then Will go. Where there is no vision, the people perish. By that keeper the law, happy is he. So he's talking about vision. What is on your eyes? What is in your heart? What you can see in the distance. Sometimes it's even in the horizon. It looks far, but there is something to be seen. And he said many years ago, I read from David Yogicho's magazine about how it was important to have a vision and a dream for church growth. I never understood why and how a vision was necessary for church growth. Dr. Cho, the pastor of the largest church in the world and a propagator of the concept of church growth, said something else that I did not understand. He said, your vision makes you. You do not make your vision. I also didn't understand this. I'm reading Honestly, I assume that the subject having a vision was always mentioned as a standard opening point for all teachings on leadership. As I listen to people 
teaching about the importance of having a vision, writing down goals. I still did not understand how it brought about church growth. Every person who attended church growth conferences seemed full of visions and desires for church growth. That's what you must notice because it looks like everybody has a vision. Everybody has some desire. And it is true. But it is the extent to which the thing is there. I thought to myself, but all pastors have a desire for their churches to grow. But their churches still do not grow. If it were desires and visions that led to church growth, then every church would be a big church. This is what the uh, author is thinking. That's not what he's saying is the case. That when they talk about vision and desire, he will say that everybody has. Wouldn't you say the same thing? Why do you do a church and you don't want the church to grow? Or you don't want the church to do well? Yes. But he said, your vision must be a burning vision. Your vision must be a burning vision. As the years go by, I've realized that the vision you have must be a burning vision. You cannot have a superficial vision for a large church. A shallow vision will not make your church grow. The vision must eat you up and burn within your soul. Then all the things Dr. Cho said will happen. That burning vision will literally make you into a mega church pastor. Actually, in the absence of a burning vision for a large church, you will never have real church growth. In the absence of a burning vision for a large church, you will never have real church growth. The way a burning vision causes church growth is by inspiring and leading you on the difficult road to read to real church growth in a way that no human being can. So the vision, the desire must be so strong It eats you up. And it drives you. Which is different from what he calls a shallow vision. Because everybody will have something. Once you are in it and you are doing, I want it to work. I want it to work. And everybody wants it to work. Agreed. But when the desire, the vision is working in its element, he said it will make you follow a difficult road, hard road. What is not interesting for some pastors, they like to pray. And everybody must like to pray. But all that they do is prayer. Bible. Yes. Baya, 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 baya. Which is great. Did I say prayer is not good? 
If there's no prayer, we'll not be sitting here. Yes. Prayer is great because it has a long-lasting effect. Sometimes at the time you are doing the prayer, you don't see what it is. But later on, if you don't see it yourself, some will see that the, the prayer that was prayed some time ago is doing something. But you like prayer, but you don't like reading. Uh-huh. It, when it comes to Mpaibo, different ways and varieties of tongues will release here. It's powerful, isn't it? And you enjoy praying, don't you enjoy praying? But now the difficult thing of reading, that one is hard. So you have left it out. That's where the trouble is. But he says that when the desire is there and it is strong, it's burning, it's driving, you will go and do the hard things. You will not only stay with the easy thing. Everybody has some things that are easy for him. And everybody has some things that are necessary, but they are very difficult. Yeah. What is this? Your circles. This is this. Nice. You know, that's how I was doing my notes when I go for camp. So the things that are action, I circle them there like that. Yes. So when I go back from the camp, I'm looking for circles. Action point. Yes. So don't just have, I'm doing ministry and I'm praying and believing God that it will work. No. There's more. If you are really praying and believing God, there's more to do. Like I'm saying, you have, you have to read. You have to attend conferences. Yes. yes. If you hear of conferences, that will help your church to grow. Why not? You have to be there. You have to do it. Sometimes you have to give because you have to sow seeds in the place where you see that the anointing is there, you put your seat down and believe God for the same anointing and then you have it. So you can't just stay there and say that me, I'm, I'm looking for all that I do is in Bible. No. It's not enough. It's not. So hard things, the, 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 the evidence of the existence of real vision is the things you do, where you go and what you do. Yes. Where you go and what you do. Yeah. Some pastors, I mean, they are just believing. Yours is faith. I have faith the church will grow. We are believing God. How's the church? We are believing God. <laughs> we are on it, and we are believing God. Yes. One day, one day, it will grow. I have faith. I haven't given up yet. I have faith. I believe it's working. And one day we'll see. No, it's also, is it, it's, a, it's a conglomerate of things. Forgive. 
<laughs> says so many things, like the Bible says, for we know that all things work together for good. All things might work together to bring the church growth that we are looking for. So a burning desire will let you follow a multiple of things. And then when those multiple of things are knocking each other and working in their places and they are coming together nicely, then you see that, yeah, something is happening. And it will happen for you. Say amen. So have it, it must burn inside. He said a burning vision becomes the invisible engine of all church growth. Point number two, first of all, you must have a burning desire. Is that not so? It must burn you. It must eat you up. It must drive you. It must lead you. It must give you sleepless nights. It must trouble you. Is that what you said? Yes. It must trouble you. You must be worried. If somebody gives you a job to do and the thing is not working, don't you get worried? You are working somewhere. This is your job. You have to solve this problem. What your boss is coming for the report and the thing is, are you not troubled? Why is it that when it comes to church, church is not working, you can eat freely and sleep freely and be normal? How can you be normal? (laughs) You can be normal. You sit in the office into the night because you have to solve certain problems. Yes. And those who you work in the bank, those who work in the bank, they know what you do. One time somebody, um, it was Stanchat at High Street. I was, I was also working in the bank. In the night, there are lights in the offices. I said, these people, don't they go home? Then somebody explained to us that yeah, they are there. Nobody has asked them to stay. No, 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 nobody asks you to say stay and work. But they have been given targets. And the targets are driving them. Targets now bear the burning vision inside of them. So even when they, you can't say five o'clock, I'm going home, or six o'clock, in the night, there are lights in the office, there are head office over there. Lights are there. People, he said, nobody asked them to stay. But the vision is there. The targets have been put there. You now, when you see that you are not meeting your target, how do you be comfortable to go home and eat and sleep? They are there working. May that spirit also find us that we cannot be comfortable until something has come out of the thing. It must burn. I said it must burn. It must be burning inside and eating you up inside that this thing. I don't know what it is, but it must work. Yes. Can lead you to even go to some church and just sit there coolly. Nobody knows you. Don't go with your armor bearer or your security man or your church member. Now, what do these people do here? And then you begin to watch. Yes. You study and see what you can see and talk to the people you can talk to. When you are talking about the uh, home cells, the cells, cell system. I'll talk about that one, but I was in Bishop Moses' church, Mosasuno's church. I'd been to Korea many times. I'd seen it. It was nice. But honestly, 
I didn't get the burning desire in me to do what I was seeing in Korea. The the connection, why? Because it was too huge. Too huge. It's, no, above, too much. Yes, so this thing, I don't think I want to tell myself that I'm going to mimic what is being done. What they are doing, I'm going to do the same. No. But when I went to Bishop Moses Church in Soweto, the first time, it's also a cell person. And church, I tell my people, they always laugh at you. I, we're talking of the assistant pastor. So how many services do you have? He said, oh, we have a small early morning service. Only 2,500 people attend that one. <laughs> a small early morning service. Only 2,500 people attend that. Eh? And then we do the main service, which will go up to 7,000, 8,000, 9,000. They have about 12,000 in attendance. And this is the pastor, this is the assistant. We have talked with the assistant pastor. Then after we sit down with Bishop Musa and we are talking, he too was asking us a lot of questions because he was trying to do branches. And we had branches. And we were looking for large church and he had it. So the person or the people who are doing the thing, they are the people I'm talking with. So the connection... It came, and as I saw, look, I've not seen a church that people are just dropping in the church. You don't see buses. When you go to Korea, there are buses, but in his church, no buses. You just see human beings coming. This is the main hall. It takes like 4,500. Then they have this thing here. Look, you go to the church, you are not going to see the pastor. You are going to sit in the place and watch television of the pastor preaching. Yeah. Because the main hall can't take everybody. Then I looked this way and we had been there. It's a um, stadium-like structure over there. They said this place, it takes 2,000 people. And I saw a queue. So I asked the assistant, why this queue? So they are all going to church. But because the entrance is not so distant, so they are queued, so they will go in an orderly fashion. May people queue into the entrance to your church. Hey! 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 I tell you, there's a queue to your church. Pastor, what bantam now to now microphone about one 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 now can one into the bend away but when is this one coming? Where is this one? Now there's a queue. And they are all coming in and they are entering into the place. So as I was here watching, that first time I was with Bishop in Tefo, the church, we went in only when Bishop was about to preach. We are just opening our eyes. You see in the distance there, cast like sea. I tell you, plenty. We are sitting down talking. They said this was in February. This year, that year, this year, Easter, we are going to a stadium that takes 45,000 or 50,000. They said, how are you going to a stadium big like that? How will you fill the stadium? Oh, we have given targets to the cell leaders and they will bring the people. That was the answer. 
Kuli. So that is when looking at what was happening and the interactions and things, then the spirit entered into me. (laughs) Conference. (laughs) I said, no! This thing, it can be done. Yes, But in Korea, I couldn't say it can be done. It was too huge. See buses and humans. When one church finishes, people go out and they open and the people are pouring into the church. Oh, no. This one day, actually. I'm going to try trim too much. So what I'm saying is that just maybe being around somewhere and observing, it makes something light up within you. Fire candle within you. And then you say that this thing, this thing, I said this thing, I said this thing, this thing, this thing, it can be done. And I'll go for it. Yes. May God put that spirit inside of you. And say that there's a burning vision and it can be done. Have multiple, they have seven services from morning 7 a.m. to about 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. So you can go and sleep and wake up, then you come back to church, and church is still on. Some different types of services that they are having in the place. I mean, I'm talking about Korea now, not um, so. Do you want to have an early morning service? Only 2,500 people come. (laughs) And at least only 2,500 people come. That will be your story. Amen. Please sit down. Let's go on. Are we moving on? Do we believe in growing churches and mega churches? Yes. A burning vision, I said, point number two, become the invisible engine of all church growth. The engine for the growth is the vision. It is a long and tortuous journey to become the pastor of a large church. A burning vision and dream is the invisible engine that drives a minister on the journey from being the pastor of a small church to becoming the pastor of a mega church. Some pastors do not have that internal engine that is needed to make them do the many hard and difficult things necessary for church growth. So that's why I said that it's in the heart. I'm talking about the heart. Yes. God sees not as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. When God looks on your heart, may he find a desire for great things, great ministry, and great church. You see, also, fine. The motive is important. Is it chapter 25? First Chronicles, put it up for me, chapter 25, verse 1. Just not a digression, but Second Chronicles, please, second, second, not first. There's a guide there. Are you bringing second 
Amaziah was 25 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 29 years in Jerusalem, and his father's name was, uh, his mother's name was what? Jehoiadan of Jerusalem, verse 2. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. Do you see? He did it, but his heart was not in it. What does it mean? He has been told that this is a good thing to do, do. And he's in it. That's a good thing to do, do. As a pastor, prayer is good, pray. Uh, evangelism is good. So they say it's good. So I should do. I'm doing. Um, they talked about, we went for a conference and they talked about cells. And they say it's good. So I'm doing. But the heart is not in the thing. So you could be doing the right thing minus heart. And it doesn't give you the result. But when you are doing it and it's from your heart, there's a similar something about another king, Asa. I said he did good things, but he didn't take away the high places. That's where they were doing the idol worships and this. He didn't take all of them away. He was there. But his heart was okay with God. So you see somebody who is doing the right thing, but heart no good. Somebody is not doing all the things to be done, but heart good. So that's why I pray that this thing, it will be in your heart, and your heart will be in it. It's in my heart, and my heart is in it. Yes. Then God will see what is in your heart, and God will reward it. So, internal engine. An engine is what powers movement and activity. When you are driving your car, always we want the outside of the car to be very nice. Wash it, spray it, do whatever. But what makes the car a car and make it perform its function is that inside of it is an internal engine. That is what moves you from one place to the other. So you may paint your church, you may air condition your church, you may do anything to your church, but if the engine for church growth is not there, <laughs> it can't drive. It can't move on. That's the burning desire. Yes. We are the first people to experience this air conditioners. We have been working on it till last night or even today. I said, let's try it and see how it works. It, it has not been here. Yes. If you are in this church and you haven't come to church for some two weeks or three weeks, you'll be surprised as you came that something has changed about the place. Or as you came, say, hey, Crawford, you are new or more air condition. Hey, we not need air condition. Yesterday, somebody... Uh, it's a pastor from one of our branches. I've forgotten who he said, oh, the way you have made this place nice with the air condition, this one there, who won't come to church? <laughs> yes. Is it like this one? You don't need to do anything. You see, you can do air conditioners. You can make the place. You can do a cross. The cross too is new. Many people haven't seen it. 
<laughs> you can do anything, but if the engine is off. Where are churches in England empty? Are they not nice churches? Cathedrals that have been built many years and they are nice, they are very good. Everything is okay, but there's nobody in the church. I went to the cathedral where John Knox used to preach in um, uh, Scotland. And this is a statue standing there. This is a huge cathedral. It's only for tourists like me. Yes. So you just go and see the place. There's there, 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 nice everything. It's only one part. I saw a few chairs arranged over there. I don't know who goes there. But it's there. Empty. And they showed me all these buildings here, they were for the church. Now they have sold the buildings. Yeah. And their office will pass somewhere and they show me. So now this where their office is. Small place being the corner. But everything is there. Name, whatever. So if we lose the thing, we can have all the nice things about church. But we need to have a heart that is burning, a heart that is on fire, that there's something in it, and that thing is driving you, that thing is not making you comfortable, you can't sit, you can't do anything, because something inside is moving you towards achieving church growth. If it's not there, it cannot be. And I pray that in this conference, God will light up that engine and start that engine and put fuel in that engine. If it is the battery that has gone off, put a new battery in there and let that engine now begin to take off and to begin to, 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 to move again, to sound again, and to power the church again. If it's not there, it can't be there. Yes, it can't be there. And like we are reading, the fact that you are a pastor doesn't mean that it's there. Okay, right. And if there's a prayer point that you have to pray, it is this prayer that that thing, Lord, let that thing be in my heart. Let that thing be in my heart. Maybe you are looking for church growth because you want people to say that you are a great pastor and you have a large church. You see, so a certain motive is also not correct. You are looking for church growth so that there will be more money in the church. You are the founder. You have money. And that's not it. But a church growth that is powered by a good heart towards God. That I want to carry more people along to heaven. And influence all these people to God. And when I read the Bible. I see that the the church was growing in thousands. From 120 to 3,000 to 4,000 to 5,000, and to multitudes. That's what I see in the Bible. And that's what I also want to have. Because if the motive is not good, it's going to affect you. And it will affect what will come out of it. Yes. I want to have church growth and let my church be big so that in town they will know that I'm the great pastor who has come. For what? Who, who is a supervisor over you and a marker of what you do on this earth here? Yeah. As I said, where we are, 
<laughs> it's the way. <laughs> the only way <laughs> is to hear. <laughs> you don't see the, the, I, I was passing by and I saw your church. No, 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 no. I don't have anything like that. I'm here. A bush. When we did the dedication, somebody who spoke on the thing lives around. He said, oh, this place, before the church came, you can't take Uber to here. Because according to her, it wasn't even on the map, Google map, you won't find the place for the Uber to car. Hey, this place was bush. It was bush. Oh. Bush park. So that's how we call the place. Bush. Oh. Bush park. Bishop um, Circle. Adam and Sir came to preach here. So I, he wasn't talking to him, but he was getting direction as he was coming. So when he came on, says, hey, hey. <laughs> This place. <laughs> Look at what God has done in the desert. That's what he said. In the desert, you people, do you know that this is a desert? He said when he was coming, he asked, I'm here. Then they said, okay, keep coming. So I'm here. So yes, you are on the right. Then he was wondering, where am I going? And what could be in this place? He was on the way. Yes, he was on the way. What, what could be here that they are directing me to still keep coming? Bush. But that's what God does. And we are here in our corner, coolly, doing what we can do, forcing, fighting, doing evangelism, carrying people, doing all the things. If it may be Facebook, then you see something. Otherwise, Charlie? We are here and we want to do our best for God. That's all. But maybe some of us we want announcements. Big announcement. You are here. You are there. And everybody should know you and respect you as a mega church pastor. I want to have mega church so that they will know me and respect me. Yeah. I don't know how God will see that one. But for me, that's not it. Yes, that's not. I tell you, I was even quite so. Bill bought <laughs> pastors, please forgive me. Bill bought with your picture on. I have some. It's here. Where is it? Yes, it's here. But what does it mean? <laughs> I'm not saying don't do that. It's just my mind that asks questions. Just so that you don't also lose the important direction of serving God from your heart. And it doesn't come to be like you are trying to appeal for recognition and respect from people. We have to be very careful about that. Yeah. And get there in a subtle way. You didn't intend, but we veer off Kakra. <laughs> Number three. Sit down. 
external influence cannot make you a mega church pastor. Hmm? External influence. So, like even all these things I'm talking about, even including encouragement, there's no external advice or input that can sufficiently drive an individual on that difficult road to becoming a mega church pastor. All external influences will fade out long before you become a mega church pastor. External advice, encouragement, and counsel are too short-lived to cause any minister of the gospel to survive on the road to church growth. Yes. Like the advice in you, somebody has said, that is good. That's why I said that external, that means advice, encouragement, this, but if it is not in, external influence is like a car whose engine has stopped and human beings are pushing the car. Can you arrive in Kumasi? No, 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 no. It's using external power. But we know that a car must have an engine which is on, driven by fuel or driven by electricity. Yes, because then we are going into electric cars. Very soon, we'll have some in Ghana. If you vote for me. Who piano? Into a then your advisor, encourager will come. You see, it's good to have a mega church. If you have a mega church, you have a large choir, you have singers, you, you, you are a pastor, you want to have money. Mega church will give you money. Mega church will give you this. There will be marriages, people will be happy in the church. Then when they advise you, then the strength comes and you get up and you push a little more. After from here to here, have you pushed car before? Yeah, is it an easy thing? very, very, especially if you push it downhill and it doesn't start and you have to come back again. Maybe you haven't experienced that one before. <laughs> is it so? When the advice and the encouragement now up, then you do something, but it will fade away. That is why what you need is an engine inside. Burning desire. Internal engine that is on. And it is working non-stop. Working non-stop. I always remember this machine at Akosomo Textiles. I used to live there. Inside the factory at the top. Now, so a time came, we're walking through the factory to our house. There's this machine, it never stops crying. They said it's called boiler. Yes. The factory was running 24 hours. But even when they are not running, the machine is still crying. It's there. Every, I've never, I'd never walk around morning or afternoon or day or night that the machine wasn't working. That's the internal engine for a church growth pastor. Always on. Always working. Always crying because external things can take you to a point. Has not God called you to be a pastor? 
then definitely, if you haven't experienced it, you must ask God to stir the thing up inside which he has put in you. Because if he called you, he would also put it in your heart that this and that and that is what you want to do. That's the reason why Solomon was blessed. If God comes and he says, what do you want? Is it not a problem he's bringing you? How do you answer that question? Say what you want. You want me to do for you. You can, you see, as we are here, because of fine protocol, you will not. But if God, you are asked this question, you can give some answer that. <clears throat> I tell you, you make a request that God will wonder. So what you are asking, what does it mean? I don't want to say it's a stupid uh, request, but that's exactly what it will be. If they put it before you like that, you can in your confusion. I don't know whether it's confusion, but you, you can ask for anything. But Solomon was a clever guy. When the question came to him, he said, God, you have brought me up here. I'm a small boy. I don't know anything. Look at the big job you have given to me to do. I don't have the wisdom, the knowledge, and anything to sit on my father David's seat. And be the ruler in place of David. So give me wisdom. Give me the understanding to lead this great people that you have given. In other words, give me the strength and wisdom to do the work that you have given me to do. So to be a good ruler and to do well, it was in his heart already. So the day he was confronted with a question... He didn't have to think what was on his heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth spoke. And it came out very well. And, you see, God sometimes when he asks the question, he knows the answer that an average person will give. Why do you think God said that? Because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, and you didn't ask for money, and you didn't ask for long life. And those things. God, as he put the question, he knows that Obebisa, one of us, uh, the average person will ask for these things. Uh, God wouldn't say that. This was, in other words, I was expecting you to ask for these things. And you didn't. Rather, you are looking for the wisdom to do the job that I've given you to do. I'll give you wisdom that surpasses every other person's wisdom. There's none before you and there'll be none after you. And in addition, I'm giving you the things that naturally you should have asked for that you didn't ask. It's your heart. What's in your heart? Next one. Okay, so external influence cannot... eh? Okay, what a vision can make you do. It's a subtitle. There is something that burning internal vision and dream does for you that no human being can do for you. If it's inside, what it will do for you? No human being, no encourager, no advisor, no... Eh, what? Pushing. You can bring macho men, they still come. I mean, how can they push? It cannot. The internal burning vision and dream makes you humble enough to do all the things that you must, you must do to have church growth. 
A burning vision and dream for a large church makes you pray for church growth. Without burning vision and dream, you will never pray hard enough to attract God's attention. So even the prayer is in your heart. Because you may have church growth, but you are praying for money. Oh, yes. Or you are praying for rich men to come to your church. That's really, that's the prayer. Yes. Getting material sellers and carpet sellers to come into your church. Instead of praying that you preach the gospel to the poor and they will come in their numbers. Because when you, the, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to human beings. You are praying for rich people. No. Pray for multitudes. Pray for 120 to 3,000. Pray for 3,000 to 5,000 men. And pray for multitudes. Pray for multiplication. That's what it is. A burning vision and dream for a large church makes you seek the wisdom and strategies needed for, large, for church growth. Without a burning vision and dream, you will not spend the time needed to seek the wisdom that brings church growth. You will soon be irritated with the strategies that are taught by church growth pastors. Without a burning vision, you will say that these teachings do not work. So, the, vision, the thing is not there. Even what they are, they are saying, ah, I've heard it before. It doesn't work. I've tried it. But the thing is that it never entered into your heart. It didn't get there. It's something you heard and you thought it was a nice thing to do. But it didn't get inside. But I pray that this time it will be in there. Deep, 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 deep down. It will drive you. It will move you. And it will make you do things. So even prayer, when you are praying with a burden, it is very different from you are praying because you are a pastor and you have to pray. Yeah. So church growth must be a burden. Oh yeah. It must be a burden that you are carrying. The internal burning vision and dream will cause you to keep reading and rereading the same things until something works. Reading and rereading the same things. Like I was talking about the final quest. Uh, prophet. I was reading the final quest yesterday. Ah. Hey. So the thing doesn't get finished. Reading, rereading for years. If you, you want church growth and you see a book like this, church growth, it is possible. And you see another book like this. Where is it? Do you see? Beautiful. You see another book like this. The mega church. I say, ah. Mega church, mega church, mega church. Then you see another book like this. Church planting. Because church planting leads to mega church. There are churches... You may not see them huge in one place, like uh, Redeemed Church. Yes, Redeemed Church from Nigeria. Huge. Now, I don't know. Even in Nigeria, think about it. 
They say, you will not see them. That's the huge thing, but they are in every place. You go there, the church, a branch is on the first floor. Another branch is on the third floor of the same building. One branch is this way of the seed. Across like this is another branch. And each shepherd knows his members. There's no confusion. Yeah. That's why they will build, uh, what is it, campsite. Is that how they call it? Three kilometers square. Do you know three kilometers? Three kilometers. I mean, this place is in the middle of nowhere. I don't even know how to. If you start from, you are an engineer from Ofanko, you are going to town. Three kilometers will be like to new plan. Yeah. Three kilometers. So that's one side, the length. And then the breadth is also like that. Yes. Come side. They had one. I mean, I think for what I know, this is the third one. Because when I saw the one that was there before, they said that was the second one. They showed the first one. Here, three kilometers. If you make an altar call here. <laughs> oh, yes. You have to sit in a bus. And even that. Three kilometers, and yes, I would drive two minutes, and we do another three minutes. You have to give, unless you have a speed train. <laughs> three kilometers square, they have it over there. But you will not even see the church in a certain way. It's like I said, small, 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 small. One building, there's a branch here, there's a branch here, and there's another branch here. One street, there's one here, there's one here, there's one here, and there's one here, they attend. Then when they go for the place, you see that, yes, the thing is something. So what I'm saying is that if the thing is in your heart and you see a book called The Mega Church, you will stop and say, e. Oh, you see church growth, which is what I'm holding now. Or oh, church planting. The truth is that real mega church you can't have it in one church. No. A few people have done. It will take Winners Chapel. That's a huge church. They are building a hundred seater. Hundred thousand seater. But what is there? It's fifty thousand. Fifty thousand with wild overflows. So Sundays they can have four hundred thousand. Am I saying the correct numbers? Hey, yes, 400,000 coming to church. Yeah, yeah. But that's a rare case. But many places, it is by having one here and one there and one there and one there and one there and one there. That's why we're able to go to Independence Square on Good Friday. It's not one church. If our church here goes to Independence Square, I mean, not even so just the fishermen will come and chase us out there. What are these people doing over here? <laughs> they say, but when this one is in a classroom, he has come. This one has a 10 by 30, he has come. This one has a cathedral, he has come. This one is a community church uh, pastor, he has come with his mem. Just in Accra. Now it's becoming more difficult, but God is helping us. And we all come together, then it's something else. You see, so if you have it in your heart, these books, you will chase after them. Not just to have as a decoration in your room, but to read and find out what can I? I am a pastor here, 
and I've been pastor here for years. When I take the book, my eyes are like this. I'm find, trying to find something else that maybe I haven't implemented yet or I haven't seen yet that I can see at this time so that I can implement it to bring some further something. Because I won't say I know. Every, I don't know. I'm learning every day. Yes. Without burning vision and dream for a large church, you have no time to read books that lead to church growth. A burning vision and dream for a large church will drive you to meet the people who will help you to have church growth. It will make you humble enough to relate with the fellowship, to relate with and fellowship with the right people until their influence and anointing wraps off on you. Yeah. Fellowshipping. That's why a conference is important. A conf- and iron sharpeneth iron. As we meet, we talk, we fellowship, you may meet somebody who knows? The prophet went to Korea and he talks about it that that is what made the biggest difference in his ministry. Yes. In Korea, here, when we say we have, we do camps. Camps are wild. You sit in the morning. And you are on a break, then you come and sit. You, you, if you are not preaching in the camp, you can even be more tired than the preacher because it's not easy. And even give thyself holy conference. When you come, it's not a simple thing. The session is long and it is on and on. When you go to Korea, I mean, we were surprised the first time I went with this. When they did something, something in the morning, it's like, we are finished. So that is the end for the day. They say, ah, we're all surprised. I mean, how can it be? (laughs) Because we are used to the long, hard one. You see? But our normal self with our father, nothing easy. When they have finished with what they are doing. We are now starting our own. Right. Then, you are moving. They have buildings. Tall, 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 tall buildings all around. You are moving from office to office. You go and meet the people in Korea. They can't even speak English. But we are trying to find out what they are doing. What are you doing here? So maybe they will call somebody who can speak a little English will come so that we can fish out. So we do, we do even just go and sit in the conference. The conference is finished. We have come. More work. When people are enjoying the free time, we are now working. Yes. Office to office. One person who went there for the first time made a comment because we, had, we were doing charts in our offices. That time, any computers the ones were pasting on the walls and saying, so somebody said, ah, it looks like these people have copied what we, have be, we are doing in Ghana by having all these charts on the wall. Yes, and we all laughed. Because rather, our father has gone to copy from there and brought it here, and we have done. When you go to our offices, there's a board with 
this chart, this chart, this chart is all from there. Do you see? And then also he talks about even places he has gone because of Korea, the people who have, he has met. One invitation he talks about, he said, when he went, he asked the person, why did you invite me? He said, I saw you with Dr. Cho. It was a stage, like on, I don't know whether when Dr. Cho came to Ghana or something, and you were standing with him. I don't know whether you are an interpreter or something, but just because you were standing with him, you must be a good person. That's why I invited you. And he was preaching to like 8,000 people in France. Yes, I saw you, that's all. So this is what all the other things that can also happen and benefit you and your ministry. So when the desire, the strong burning desire is there, you don't sit back and be alone. Look, the ministry can drive you on a certain path where if you are alone, alone, one share crazy. Yes, though God called you, you can be crazy. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yes. So you meet people who help you till anointing without a burning vision and dream for a large church. You will not listen to the messages that bring church growth. You will criticize the very thing that you need most and even make fun of it. A burning vision and dream is the only true source of the same power and stamina and persistence needed for the long journey towards church growth. So may God put it in your heart. Why don't you stand on your feet for a moment and put your hand on your heart and pray that God will put that in, in your heart. Let it be in my heart, Lord. Let it bend. 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 Let there be a burning fire inside. Burning. Influencing. Driving. Leading. Kopataka shakatayanda. Reba ronde ketande kajanda balababa Roba rabandala babandala 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 let it be in my heart let engine let it keep working. Let it work, Lord. And let it keep running. 
Until I get there, I need it, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For great mercy. For great mercy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Let me just share this one briefly and we'll bring our session for tonight to a close. Hmm. Right. How one man can turn into a mega church. And again, I'll introduce a new book. Ah, this, okay, the design looks the same. 1,000 micro churches. We have a series of new books, and this is one of them by Doug Ward Mills. If I have in any case said or indicated that I am the author of the books. Let me say it clearly. But it's my book. So, I, I, I love this book. It's a camp in the Makane, the Makane collection. And we said that we will have, we have Makane, I'm sure it's somewhere. Where is it? Is it downstairs? So, you have to get a device that can take it. You need a number of um, space. Um, is it 30 gig? Space on your destiny. Then we'll load it up for you and you go. So it can be your laptop, it can be your phone, it can be your uh, iPad or whatever. But you can, you can have a hard drive also load it on. But we want everybody to be equipped with the Makane, all the camps that Bishop has preached. Yes, all the camps. So if you don't have, you can have. Yes. Now, I was in this camp. It blessed me a lot. And I've never left it. So that real title here, how one man can turn into uh, 1,000 micro churches. But because of our topic, that's what I'm calling it, how one man can turn into a mega church. Yes, you can become a mega church. Yes. The scripture here is Isaiah 60:22. powerful. A little one shall become a thousand. And a small one, a strong nation, I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. A little one shall become a thousand. A little one shall become a thousand. Yeah, a pastor with a little church. Don't worry about it. Yes, we are, we are living on hope and faith. 
And our faith in the word of God will drive us to do certain things. If it's little now, the prophetic word for your ministry or for your life is that you are becoming a thousand. We'll meet here again sometime. He said that, look, when we started, we, you came for the conference here, your members were 50. Now you have 2,000 people. That shall be your story. The little one will become a thousand. It, it will happen. I said it will happen. I said it will happen. I said it will happen. Real thousand member church, it will be common amongst us. Oh, yes. It will be common. That is like you have thousand members. Your attendance is 2,000 or 3,000 or this. When Dr. Cho came to Ghana, when the person came, he would come and stand there to speak. Anybody, then they will call 5,000, 8,000. I remember why. I don't know whether it's Wendell Smith. <laughs> he cares. Me, I don't have a very large church. I have only 3,000. Yeah, because people were actually mentioning thousands. <laughs> a little one shall become a thousand. Little church in the corner is becoming a thousand member church. A little pastor coming up there no, is become a thousand pastor of thousands. When you get the Macanet, there's also another camp inside. Pastors of thousands. Is there? If you get it, if you happen to get the macane, you pastor thousands. That's why I pause on that point. He said the names of the disciples was one twenty. So it's, you must start to learn how to register your members and have them because now you know all of them, and you are very comfortable with that. Very soon, you will not know all of them. Wow. Yes. You will know them. When I was in uh, Bishop Moses' church, I asked a question. I mean, I knew it was a stupid question. To the assistant pastor, Dr. Ezekiel, is that the name? Yes. Then, as the people were pouring around, and like human beings, I asked so. Do you know all these people? <laughs> Do you know all these people? <laughs> and he looked as though, but you see, although the question wasn't good, the answer was very good, and it helped me. He said, no. I don't know them. We don't know them. But the cell leaders know them. That one he said, I knew I was asking a stupid question. But the answer, so maybe it was a good question. It wasn't so stupid after all. <laughs> it's a stupid question with a good answer. That helped me. When he said, we don't know them, but the cell leaders know them, it struck me again. I said, I'll talk about this later, but I'm saying, I was there and I started calling my assistant here. Look for people, but then not the engine had been turned on over there, and the engine was sounding. I said, Look for uh, that. I said, 60 people. When I come back, I'm going to put them in a school and train them, and they'll go and do uh, 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 cell work. Yes, and we did exactly that. As I said, We don't know them, but the cell leaders know that. Hey, are they away? Because we were doing it. 
But it was different in a certain way. We haven't gotten there. When we get there, I'll say, number one, you are, we are looking at how, how you can become one of, you, are, you can become a what? A mega church. You are a mega church. Knock your neighbor sitting by you and say, you. Knock, a little knock. Yes, yes, that's you. Okay, that's the only person you can knock. You are a mega church. You are a mega church. Kevin, you are a mega church in Osino. Yes. Osino mega church pastor. Number one, you are a seed that can become a huge tree. You are a seed. Are you a seed? Yes, you are a seed. Matthew 13, 31 to 32, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in the field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. You are a seed. When you arrive somewhere, Kevin, where are you? Stand here. This is a seed. Yes. Stand up here so that they will see you. Very good. Do you have a beloved? Hey. Do I know? I know. Okay, no problem. When after, see me after church. <laughs> <laughs> There's our pastor in Osino. Osino graphic. He is what? A seed. He is a seed. Maybe one day, okay, okay, Kevin. There's a town called Osino. Get there and go and start a church there. You are like a seed that has just been thrown on the ground there. Okay. Yes. You either go there and abide alone. Or you fall into the ground and die. And you become a mighty tree. And he said that the kingdom of God, no, that's how it is. It's like a seed that a man took and put in the ground in Osino. There's a seed in the ground in Osino. So if you go there and you don't go into the ground, it's another thing. Yes, because you have to go down into the ground. And then it becomes a big tree. That's the kingdom of God. It's the same as the one we see in, in Job. That though thy beginning was small, thy latter end shall be greatly increased. It's a seed. A seed is so nobody sees a seed. The time you arrive in Osino, nobody knew you. Small boy, who knew you? He didn't even have a beloved. Is it the one who left you or there's a new one? There's a new one. Okay. <laughs> no, it's all part of. The, <laughs> the falling of a seed and the dying of a seed. Point two is like that. Jesus was a seed 
that became a worldwide church. That's point number two. And the scripture is what I'm quoting, John 12, 24. Verily, very I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. Yes. A seed in Osino. Nobody sees you. Nobody knows you. You come. You fall into the ground. And you die. In your quietness, loneliness. At least you don't have a wife. You are alone. Is it lonely? How do you know it's lonely? Because you have not been with anybody before. It's lonely because you are alone. That's all. <laughs> alone! And it's there with a church in some corner. Is it in a school? The school, that school, you are still there. In the school somewhere, he's now building a church there. But you see, this is the fallen stage of the seed, unknown, unheard of, unnoticed. Or background, no, because or your pastor, a small boy wait there, then pastor now wait me here. Don't worry. Me too, I was like that. I don't know if, I think now I've changed a little. At least I have some this thing. They will not believe you. But you see, a time come when that thing in the ground called seed is now sprouting and coming out and it's becoming a mighty tree. Everybody will be making comments. Ah, what tree is this? What tree is standing there? Hey, Lord, what fruit? I can see some fruit. And then people will now come and they are looking for you and they are coming to you. But before then, nobody notice you. That's the reason why you yourself, you are a mega church. Pastor Kevin, you are a mega church as you are standing there. You are a mega church because you are like a seed that has been dropped in the place. Anywhere you find yourself, a seed has dropped there. Yes. It's possible. It's possible. Let's believe God and stir ourselves up into believers of mega churches. Yes. That ministry is possible. Ministry will work. Yes. Almost everybody you see, the person looks like successful, successful in ministry. They have their stories. Yes. Have their stories. They have done things in the past. I will have a picture of, I didn't know him, uh, Reverend Dr. Ampia Kofi, but we were students. And he used to, you, you see him going to the gardens and coming. Going, coming. Hey, this man, they say he's a pastor. And then he's going and coming. Up, down, up, down. Now, as he has become a big tree, we all hear of him. When you hear his name, as I mentioned his name, did you ask who is that person? Then you are not in Ghana. Uh-huh. Hey, as who is the person I mentioned? Everybody knows him. But that time he was like a seed. 
to the garden, go and pray. I've seen him in the gardens a few times. I have a friend, he's a pastor, uh, Assemblies of God pastor. He's my mate at Legon. But what I remember of him, one time, I don't remember, I was somewhere and he had gone to pray. And he was, I was in the building and he was walking on the road coming. I can remember his lips dry, white, and he was walking like that. Coming. The picture never leaves me. Yes. So when, after school, he went to work at SEPS, then later he became a pastor. I said, oh, this guy, he was called at the time. As he was just, he could, no, from gardening, Legon Garden, you go and pray there. At the time you are coming back, you are finished. Yes. But he was a seed at a point. You are a seed that is turning into a mega church and a great ministry and a great outcome that when they say, say, hey, where did this one come from? And when did you come? That's why when you came, it's not important. Yes, but you are there. Yeah. Osino seed. Take your seat. Sit down. Number three. Jacob and Esau were to become nations when they were in their mother's womb. Genesis 25, 21. He said, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because um, she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. Mm. And two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. Two nations. Said Jacob and Esau were to become nations when they were in their mother's womb. If somebody in the mother's womb is already a nation, you are who you who are called by God. You are already a mega church. God didn't call you so that you fail in ministry. No. Did you say no? Did you say no? God didn't call you to come and fail in ministry, then you should have been a Ayalolo driver. Maybe you'd have done better over there. Yes, but God called you so that you would do his will and accomplish his purpose. And his purpose is that many people shall be saved. Two nations are in thy womb. And two people will be separated. You are sitting here, you are pregnant twins. They are inside and they are struggling. You can feel them moving inside your womb and they are coming out. They will come out. Two nations. Two nations. There is a <laughs> are they two nations? Yeah, it's a nation. Yes. But this one is another one. That the one I'm talking about, all the boys have it. The boys are pregnant. 
Are there some pregnant boys here? Yes. And pregnant girls. Your husband doesn't know you are pregnant. You are now telling him that you are pregnant. Sit down, you are blessed. It's a nation you are carrying. Say you are pregnant. Something is moving inside. Say, what is that? Then they said they went to ask God, why are the people moving? He said, they are nations. That's why they are moving inside. If you are carrying some simple single fetus inside, it will be a single something that is there. But what you are feeling inside is that two nations are already there. And they are struggling because they are two sovereignties and they have put them together. Ah, so this one is who? Who did, did, did she born who? This girl. Ah, Jacob and Esau. So the fight, they started it from inside there before they come out. Yeah. Two nations. How many have two nations in your womb? You are a mega church. 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 You are a seed that is falling down to die, and then the mega church will come out of you. Yes. If you are somewhere, nobody knows you, nobody invites you, nobody mentions you when you go to the market and say, and a boy, you didn't know, one day we'll be called the same market. We'll be after, oh, Reverend, oh, Pastor, oh, Reverend, oh, Mitchell, oh, Reverend, oh, one hour, but at this time, when you go, what do you want? Now, we'll have a Tony something, but don't worry, you are at the seed stage, still in the falling and the dying stage. But when the tree now begins to come out and blossom and become very great, people will look at you and say, hey, is that what it was? When we started our church, um, a woman, she had a guest house. And she also had this hall. She had a church herself in the place. And she graciously gave us the place. Our church was 7 a.m., 7 to 9. I was living in Dansuma exhibition and I was coming to mile seven. I didn't have a car. Yes. I used to sit in a big bus. Those days, Dansuma had big trotro buses. When you enter, they have written there no big English. I always remember. Now, we were doing the 7 a.m. church. Then after that, the woman who was an evangelist will come and do her church. Then one day, she called us for a meeting. They said, it looks like we gave you the prime time. That's why your church is doing well, and our church is not, because you start before us. So now we are changing the order. But we we can't do 7 o'clock. So we'll start at 8, and then when we finish, so we had to peg our church at 11 o'clock. Because even 11 o'clock, by the time we go, we are ready. Some people have come. They are still inside. Sometimes they will close the door so that you don't see them. Yes. Then later on, she said, now she has decided that she won't do Sunday. Actually, she didn't even tell us. I just heard that 
she was giving the nine, eight o'clock to 10 or 11 to somebody to come and do church. So when I heard it, I went. I said, no, it won't work. You, you are the owner of the place. That's why we are able to stay outside and wait for you. So we want it. We'll pay for it. But she said something. That's why I'm saying this story. She said, when we came, I was with Bishop Interfo. He said, go and tell your members that we are ready. The place is ready and bring them. So members, we are the members. The two of us are the members of the church. And she laughed and we went. But she said, look, you people, when you came and you started the church, I used to come and peep. Five people. Ten people. Ah, so she, she said she was always wondering. It was when the church now worked and grew. Then she came confessing that I used to come and peep. And I was wondering whether you were serious or you were joking. Because it's always some 10 people, some 12 people, some days. So that's how it is at the seed stage. Later on, the very people who despise you, they will come and tell you that hey, we didn't know that something great was coming up in this place. You are a mega church. Two nations are in your womb. Number four. Jacob crossed over the Jordan and became two bands. Mm. Are you there? Do you know that I'm finishing very soon so you don't have to sleep? And Jacob, okay, Genesis 32. It's a long passage, but I will read. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's host. And he called, he's going back to his home. And he's going to meet Esau, who he had swindled. And, um, wow. He said, this is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahanim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, That shall ye speak unto my lord Esau, thy servant Jacob, that said, I have sojourned in, with Laban, mm-hmm. and stayed there until now. And I have oxen and asses and flocks and man servants and women servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau. Also he cometh to meet thee with four hundred men with him. Hmm. When Jacob then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and heads and the camels into two bands and said, if Esau come to the one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, he's praying. The Lord which said unto me, return unto thy country and to thy kindred and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff, 
Mm -hmm. Are you there? Which verse is that? Verse 10. For with my staff, I pass over this Jordan. And now I am become two bands. Mm. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest you come and smite me and the mother with the children. Swindle your brother, finish. But now you fear. With my staff, mm-hmm, I passed over this Jordan. When he was going to Lebanon to the distance, he had only a staff. In his son, it's like a one person who has been sent to a place to start a church. We will do that. They are one man. Go here. A seat. Start a church. Die. Christ more. And it's okay. There's no shame. You may cry. Yes. So he came with his staff over the Jordan. And now he's crossing the same Jordan again. And he said, I have two bands. Rich with camels, with sheep, with this, with, 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 with children. Eh? And wives served for two planned wives. And added their maid servant to the pool because he needed 12 sons. <laughs> no, all these things is later on you see what is working on because he said, oh, the guy he liked girls or something, but he needed 12 sons. <laughs> And the two of them, even one was not giving birth at a point. So then all these things, so that 12 will come. But you moved into that location for your church. Maybe you were alone or you were with your wife or you were with two friends or three friends or 10 people or even 20 or even if it's 50 people, you moved into this location. But you'll be coming out of the same place with thousands. I said with thousands, with thousands, with thousands, with thousands. But always remember, this is what uh, Jacob did. He remembered. He remembered that he had only a staff in his hand. When I said I was sent to Achimota, we started the church. The first Sunday were seven. Yes. Myself and Bishop Tefu came to Achimota. Then Reverend Ima, this big man, yes. He was there the first day. I was his ministry shepherd in Coligono, the headquarters. So when I was going, I said, look, I'm going to start a church. Will you go? He said, I'll go. And then, yes, Linda and Sarah. Linda was also in my ministry. She was in our ministry. We used to go and eat... um, Evangelism, yes, we're doing evangelism, but maybe that's why he became big. What were we eating? We're eating beggar. Anyhow, no. So three of them plus two of us, 
we did a lot of moving evangelism, inviting and things. We succeeded in bringing only two people. Yes. We're seven. And no woman never shall know until I say no. Mobeji has said, that's how it is. Mobeji has said, Mobeji has said, I'm not sure that we're seven, we're 11, we're other. It's a seed, it's a staff. You come across the place with one staff. Yes, but later on, when you are crossing the same Jordan, two bands, like two battalions. Yes, two battalions. Yes, that's what you have. So wherever you went with one staff, you come back the same way again, and then it will be like something. Yes. Nobody knew us. Even the church, when you go in evangelism, you have to explain the church to the people. Yes, lighthouse. Lighthouse, any day. Then you have to explain what is lighthouse. (laughs) That's how it was. Number five. God wanted to turn Moses personally into a great nation. So God can turn one person into a great nation. So he can turn you into a mega church. Amen. Exodus 32, 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people, which thou brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen these people, and behold, it is a stiff neck people. Now therefore let me alone that I that my wrath may wax hot against them and that I may consume them and I will make of thee Moses a great nation. I'll kill the rest and you alone you'll be a great nation. God said you will make Moses into a great nation. God sees you, a single individual, as a potential nation. Mm. God has no problem in turning you into a nation. He can multiply you to make you into a mega church. Say amen. amen. He can multiply you. If he can make one person into a nation... He can make you into a mega church. Unless that's not what you want. But if you want it, God is doing it. And he will do, he will do it for you. Say amen. Number six. Adam mm, replenished the earth and filled it. And filled the whole world with people. Genesis 1, 28. And God blessed them and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God told Adam to fill the world with people. Adam's great commission was to fill the world with people. Our great commission is to fill the world with churches. If God can take one person and fill the whole world with seven billion people. Are we eight billion yet? Okay. 
I do not think he has a problem with taking you and turning you into a mega church. I'm reading it here. Can take one person and make the person multiply two. He said, I don't know how it was, but you see empty verses, you are going to fail this. I mean, the question you ask is how? But it happened. That's why we are here. Black, white, yellow, all kinds of people have filled the earth. Good people, bad people, wicked people, different distance. That's God when he's working. So if he says that you are a mega church, he can make you into a mega church and you'll be a pastor of thousands of people. Say amen. amen. Finally, number seven, Noah replenished the earth and filled the whole world with people. Genesis 9-1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Wow. One person. After the flood, everybody is dead. Then you. It's your responsibility now to fill this world with human beings. Yes. And we are here. Mega church is possible. Mega church is working for you. Mega church is your calling. Mega church is your future. If you are in the ministry, that is what God is doing with you. And that is what God is doing for you. I feel in my spirit that somebody needs to expand their horizon, the things you can see. You have been limited by what you see. Those are the things we are reading in the Bible. They are not what you have. If one crusade, 3,000 people, if you do crusade, even the following Sunday, how many people come from the crusade to your church? It's not the normal thing. And that is what we have to broaden our horizon and see far and see God who is moving and working working. beyond what we can think and beyond what we can even ask. Mm. Because what God wants to do, your prayer can't cover it. You can't ask for it in prayer. Mm. If you ask, it's like your mind is not correct. But God will do it for God you. God will do it. Anybody who believes that Prophesy. God has called you into hey, the ministry, prophesy. this is your destiny. Amen. Your destiny is a mega church. Amen. I said this is your destiny. Prophesy. Your destiny is that God is increasing you. Prophesy. You have a large church. Amen. You have branches Prophesy. in different places Prophesy. in the city, yes. in different towns Prophesy. in the city, in different regions Prophesy. in the city, in different nations Prophesy. of the world. You will have churches in places you have not even been there to see the church before. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You physically build churches. Mm. And you haven't stood there to see, to even experience the church. Because it's just one of your thousands of of churches. Lift up your hands and pray that God let this become a possibility. I feel some people have limited themselves. Me, I'm a branch pastor. I'm only in this branch. And that's all that it is. No, that's not all that it is. Even if you are a branch pastor,
God can use you to build things and to raise people who have built things. And God can use you to plant churches. And God can use you to do many great, mighty, mega things in the ministry. Transformation. Transformation. Close your eyes. Oh yes. And pray again. My God. And ask God hey. to transform yes. your ministry. Yes. Let there be a complete, total transformation into another yes. ministry, Amen. which is what. God has intended to, to be. You have tried, you have fought, you are at a certain point, you are somewhere, but there's a transformation that is happening. It's happening in your heart already. It's happening in your heart. And then it's happening on the ground in the ministry. Transform. 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 Jesus. Father, yes. 
thank you that you you who have called us yes. you are faithful yes, you are faithful lord. lord yes and you accomplish it oh, accomplish it thank you forgive us forgive lord for seeing the limitations the problems oh the barriers the barriers and thinking that is okay where we are now we release ourselves hey, into your mighty yes, hand mighty and into your perfect will. Let everybody represented here hey, be a mega church. Prophesy. Prophesy. Oh yes. Let every pastor, every pastor, hey, every pastor be turned into a mega church pastor. Oh yes. Everyone who is coming, let oh, them be yes. a mega church pastor. A mega church. Everyone who started their own church. Hey. Hey. Let there be an anointing, an anointing. upon them. Yes. An anointing. In a way that they will fly hey. as never before. Yes. And run as never before. Run as never before. And walk as never before. Hey. As never before. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Transform, oh God. Transform, oh God. Transform, oh God. Transform, oh God. Change the things that need to be shaken. Shake the things that need to be shaken. Change it. Change it. We need a change. We need a change. Thank you. Thank you. For great grace. Great grace. And great mercy. And great mercy. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Right. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I believe God has blessed us with a good session at this time. So would uh, bring it to a close so we can be here tomorrow morning.